there with me this morning. Exodus chapter 1. And we're going to read here beginning with verse number 1. Read several verses here uh, today. Exodus chapter 1. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher, and all the souls that came out of the, of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. Joseph died and all his brethren and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when, uh, when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them out, up out of the land. Therefore, they set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. They built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. But the, but the, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. The Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the fields. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shuprah and the name of the other was Puah. And he said, when ye do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then, shall ye, then, shall, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not, as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men, children alive. The king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing to save the men, children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore, God dealt with the midwives and the people, uh, God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied. And waxed very mighty. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river. And every daughter you shall save alive. Now that's a chapter full of a lot of good information. Because between Genesis chapter 50 and Exodus chapter 1... There's about a 400-year uh, span of time. And uh, the Bible says that Jacob's family was 70. There were 70 members of his family when they came to uh, Egypt. 
but God was, was through Joseph already providing a miraculous means for the, Jacob's entire household to be preserved. And that's the story of uh, the latter part of the book of Genesis in sending Joseph into slavery, into Egypt, and all that happened in that provision. But in that 400-year period of time, a lot of things have changed. There's a new Pharaoh. There's a lot of new Pharaohs in 400 years. Pharaoh was not the name of a king. It was a title that was given to those uh, heathen kings down there in, uh, in Egypt. And uh, uh, so now there's a Pharaoh now that rose up that doesn't remember Joseph, doesn't remember anything about. It's been hundreds of years. He doesn't know anything about what has happened uh, before, as far as uh, what, uh, how God preserved Joseph and Jacob's uh, family. All that he knows is that that number has grown. That number has grown to probably something like two and a half to three million people now. And the whole uh, area, the whole region is filled with people of uh, the Israelites, the sons of Jacob. And uh, so they are fruitful. They, it says in verse 7 that they were fruitful. They increased abundantly, multiplied, waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. So that's the, that's the, that's the predicament that this new Pharaoh is facing. I just want to take a few minutes here this morning uh, to make a little spiritual application from the example here in Exodus chapter 1 to help us to see some things. First of all, I want, I want you to just be reminded of the fact that, uh, that when, when the church grows and when people are spiritually revived and there's a move of God and people are fruitful and blessed of the Lord, the enemy is not happy about that. And the enemy will rise up against every spiritual progress that you might make. And all of us have had times when we've had spiritual revivals. We have moved forward in the things of God. And, uh, and then we're surprised by the fact that we get hit head on with trouble and problems and an opposing enemy trying to hinder and discourage what God is doing. We have an enemy who wants to oppose every blessing and every move of God in your life and he'll do everything in his power because he knows that the only thing that's a threat to the kingdom of Satan is a church that is revived, a people of God that is on fire, a people of God that is enjoying the blessing and the fruitfulness that God has provided and that's exactly how God is blessing the children of Israel down in Egypt. God is blessing them. They were fruitful. They increased abundantly. They multiplied. They waxed exceeding mighty. And the whole land was filled with them. And the enemy, Pharaoh, he saw them as a threat to him and to his leadership and to all of, of uh, Egypt. You know, the wonderful thing that even though they were there in Egypt, if you remember, Joseph goes to Pharaoh, this was 
hundreds of years before, but he goes to Pharaoh and he said, there's an area over here called Goshen. And he made an appeal to Pharaoh and said, I, can, can my family have that area of Goshen there and dwell there and live there? And that Pharaoh said, okay, you can do that. And uh, so they, they, they lived in the land of Goshen. And that's where they thrived and they grew and they were fruitful and blessed of the Lord all of the time that they were there in that place. God blessed them. As a matter of fact, when the plagues then came upon Egypt, the Bible says that Goshen was, was kind of preserved and protected from all of those plagues. Even when darkness settled in for three days upon Egypt, um, the Bible says that the light, it was still light. The sun still came up in Goshen. And there was still a daylight in, in, uh, in Goshen. And uh, all the things that, uh, that they experienced, uh, even the, the plague of uh, swarms of flies, it was not there. They weren't overwhelmed by all of those plagues of hail and all those various things. There was this protection. There was this preservation of them down there in Goshen. Praise God. What a wonderful example it is to us that uh, the people of God, yes, we're living in some pretty dark times and there's a lot of things happening in our world around us. But if you're a child of God, if you belong to the Lord, there's a special protection and a preservation that is ours because of what God can do for us. There was... There was light, even though all of Egypt was under the cover of darkness and they couldn't see their hand in front of their face, the sun still came up in Goshen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God that God can take care of his, his people no matter what the circumstance. When, when the enemy sees that you are fruitful and you are blessed and that you are enjoying the favor and the touch of God and God is moving in your life and and then the enemy, he, he wants to try to hinder that and stop that if he can at all. And so he may uh, come against you and uh, attack you. And uh, there are times that we have fiery trials in our life. And those fiery trials are not from God. Those fiery trials are from the enemy of your soul. The interesting thing about it is that God can take the fiery trials that the enemy sends your way and God can turn them around and cause them to be something precious and valuable to you. The enemy means it for evil, but God means it for good. So your fiery trial and your trouble that you go through, um, uh, according to Peter, it is, uh, it's even more precious or valuable uh, than gold to you. Even when you go through the trial and you're under the attack of the enemy, you can still enjoy the blessing and the favor of the Lord. And so that's what they're experiencing. They're going through uh, this. First of all, uh, uh, Pharaoh says, well, uh, we, we need to put a stop to this growth in. And uh, because if we don't, then uh, they're going to they're gonna join up with some of our enemies. And, and when it comes time for our enemies to oppose us, they'll join up with them. So we've got to do something about this problem. Verse 10, let us deal wisely with them. 
lest they multiply and come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also with our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. Therefore, this is what he did. He set taskmasters over them and caused them to work with the, the, the King James word is the word rigor. It's used twice there in the text. The word rigor, it just means severe hardship, terrible hardship that he caused them to work under this big load and this big work of labor and uh, they were under this, this uh, persecution. Um, but the Bible says that even though that the pressure came and they were under all of this, uh, uh, these hard taskmasters, it says in verse 12 that the more that they afflicted them, the more they multiplied. Isn't that just like the people of God? Amen. Amen. If you put your faith and your trust in the Lord, you may be going through fiery, difficult times, but God is able to use those difficult times and cause you to be strengthened, increased, multiplied, blessed of the Lord, because your tri the trial of your faith is more precious or more valuable even than gold. So what the enemy means for your destruction, God turns it around for your good. And that's what was happening to the children of Israel. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made them work harder, served them with rigor, they made, them, uh, made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and brick and uh, hard labor, hard uh, taskmasters that they worked under them. And it was all to try to bring about their destruction. But instead, they just grew in spite of it. I've witnessed that over the years. People go through fiery trials, go through terrible experiences in their life. They come out on the other side of that thing and they're the better for it. Somehow the grace of God is just poured out upon that person and they go through that fiery trial. And when you see them on the other side of that trial, they have done, uh, they have accomplished so much and have grown so much, developed in their faith and their confidence in God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the king of Egypt then, he spoke to the Hebrew wives. I mean, he's doing everything that he can. He, ta he talks to the midwives and says, listen, when the, when the Israelite women are having babies, when they have a baby boy, then you take care of that baby boy. You just murder that baby boy. Why? Why would he do that? Well, he knew that the future of, uh, of uh, Israel was dependent upon the next generation of young people. Why do you think that the enemy attacks young people like he does? Why does he come against young people like he does? Because he knows that the young people, you give the, just a few years and they're going to be the husbands and the fathers. They're going to be the leaders in the church. They're going to be the leaders in the community. They're going to be the people that God uh, raises up and uses in a mighty way. And Pharaoh understood that. And so he said, kill those baby boys. Destroy them. Take them out. Let me tell you, there's an attack against the younger generation today. And there's an attack against, uh, against boys. Uh, against boys becoming men. And, uh, uh, you know, this whole 
philosophy of weakening and feminizing men instead of uh, understanding that God raises up men to be strong, to be leaders, to be men of God, to be men of courage and conviction. And uh, so the enemy hates that. And he wants to do his, he is doing his best to destroy what God is building and doing in the hearts of young people. And young men, let me just encourage you today. It may seem like that, uh, you know, you're, you know, kind of isolated and alone and a lot of other people are going in a particular direction. But just be reminded that, that the hand of the Lord is upon your life and you have a calling and you have a purpose and you need to fulfill that purpose. And that's where you're going to find the joy of the Lord when you fulfill those things that God is doing in your life. And so those, the Bible says those midwives, because they feared the Lord, they refused to do it. I'm not for civil disobedience, but there is a, a time when uh, uh, the civil law is, is not in keeping with God's moral law. And when God's law is being transgressed by the civil law, then as the people of God, we have to stay with the word of God. Amen. Amen. We have to obey the word of the Lord. And so the Bible says they feared the Lord. And they had really, they said two things here. They said, well, we, we, they, they didn't tell Pharaoh that they feared God, but they said, here's what happens. Before we can even, uh, they call us and say, this particular woman is about to have a baby. You're needed. By the time we get there, the Israelite women, they are so strong and so healthy that they have their babies before we can even get there. <laughs> Amen. Another blessing of the Lord <coughs> upon the children of Israel that God gives to them in the midst of all of their going through. He gives them health and gives them his blessing and his favor. And uh, you see, uh, what, uh, uh, what Pharaoh wanted to do is he wanted to kill those baby boys. He wanted to throw in the Nile River because the Nile River, they worshiped the Nile River. That river was a god to the, to the Egyptians and they wanted to sacrifice those babies to their god, the Nile River. And so he wanted to throw them in, in, in the river. And uh, they wanted to, and in so doing, destroy the growth of Israel and the progress of Israel and try to stop what God was doing. Now, to get to what I'm talking about here today, I cannot accept this. I cannot accept this. Those midwives said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I can't accept this. And when you read in chapter 2, uh, where it describes Moses' parents, it says that they, they saw that uh, their child, that they saw that he was a goodly child. And the Bible says she hid him for three months. So Pharaoh's mother and dad, they got the order, they got the command from Pharaoh's armies that said, take your your." your babies, your boy babies, and throw them in the Nile River. But they, they realized, wait a minute, this, this son of ours is a goodly child. It, it, it doesn't mean that he was just beautiful. It means that he, he, had some, he had potential to his life. They saw the potential of his life. They saw what he was 
going to be, I don't know if they saw him as the deliverer for Israel or not, but somehow they recognized he was a goodly child. He had potential. He had a future. And they said, I don't accept this. I will not accept this. I am not going to do what I have been commanded uh, to do. I went through this entire chapter to give you this word from the Lord here this morning. Because I believe that there are a lot of us and a lot of people that are, you're dealing with circumstances in your life that uh, you've dealt with it so long that it feels normal. But it's not normal. It's not normal for you to be sick all the time. It's not normal for you to be going through the struggles that you're going through in your family, in your household. It's not God's will for you to be dealing with some of the things that you're dealing with in your household and uh, your family. And uh, we're, uh, sometimes we just allow the enemy to terrorize us and to attack our homes, our families, our children, our grandchildren, and it's been going on so long that we've just kind of sat back and thought, well, this is just the way it's going to be. I'm going to have to deal with it. But these women and also Moses' parents, they said, no, I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to accept it. I'm just not going to take this. I'm not going to accept this as the way that it's supposed to be. I do believe that in 2023, God wants to move in every individual family and household in our church. He wants to do some things for you, for everyone in this service today. You are up against struggles and problems and you've got things you're dealing with and you, uh, you have been going through this and dealt with this for so long if you've just learned how to accept it. But that's not the will of God. It is not the will of God. It is God's will that you... Just determine 2023 is going to be a year. I'm not going to accept this anymore. I'm not going to let the enemy defeat me and beat me down and destroy my household and destroy my family and work against me. And I'm not going to allow this. I am not going to accept this anymore. I'm not going to believe this anymore. I'm not going to allow this anymore. So purpose in your heart. I'm going to seek the Lord this year. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to fast. And I'm going to call upon the Lord in a new way and with a new determination, with a new zeal and a new fervency. And I'm not gonna accept things the way that they are. I'm not gonna go along with what uh, is being, uh, uh, the, the issues that are being dealt uh, to me. Some of you are dealing with things in your households, in your family, uh, in your health, in your finances, and uh, things that, uh, are concerns about your life and your future and decisions and all of these things. And it just, uh, it's an ongoing problem. It's an issue that you've dealt with for a long, long time. 2023 is the year to say, I'm not going to accept this anymore. I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to pray this thing through. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe that God is going to bring me out of this situation and deliver my family and my loved ones and, and uh, whatever the issues might be in your family or in your life, you need to go a hold of God in 2023. Amen. And have the courage of those midwives that said they feared God more than they feared the command of Pharaoh. Amen. Uh, Moses' parents feared God more than they feared the command 
of Pharaoh. And the enemy's working against you. He's lying against you. He's trying to destroy you and defeat you and hinder you uh, from the, the spiritual progress. Of, but it's time to say, no, no more. No more. No more. I'm not going to accept this anymore. No longer. I'm going to get a hold of God. And I'm not going to let go of the horns of the altar until I see God move in this situation. Amen. Praise God. I think some of us need to get the tenacity of my mom. <laughs> I've told you before how that uh, my dad was sick and dying. And uh, the hospice people came and talked to her and they said, Now ma'am, everybody just makes their peace with God in their own way. You may not know that he's really made his peace with God and so you're just going to have to just accept that he may make his peace with God privately and you'll never know. And my mom said, this was across the table, no. No. I have prayed for him for 40 years. He is not going to die and me not know that he's saved. I am not going to do that. I'm not going to give in uh, to that time. That lie of the enemy, I'm going to hold on. And God answered her prayer. And God moved in that situation. Amen. And I really believe that many times we, we're allowing the enemy to terrorize us. He's just on our case and he's fighting against you and you're all beat down and discouraged and, and every day you're defeated and you can't seem to come out of the trouble or the problem that you're in. You live under this fear and this worry of what might happen to your loved ones or what's going on uh, in their lives. And, uh, it's time to say no, no more, no more. I cannot accept this. I am not going to accept it. I'm going to put my faith, my trust in the Lord and believe that God is going to bring about a solution. Amen. And this is the year to see that happen. Amen. God move for you in your need, whatever that it might be. Praise God. Amen. Now the, the uh, Pharaoh and the Egyptians, I mean, it was one thing after another. First, uh, a harsh taskmasters, then a threat against the little boy babies uh, and against the midwives and uh, just constantly trying to hinder uh, and to steal the blessing and uh, uh, all that God is doing for them. And uh, you realize that there's probably two and a half or three million of them now because when they go out according to Exodus chapter 12, when they left Egypt, there was over 600,000 fighting men in that group. And that was only the men. That was not the, the wives or the children. So there could have easily been 2 million, maybe 3 million of them. And they had advanced and they had grown and God had blessed them, the Egyptians. And none of these diseases will I allow to come upon you. The Egyptians were dying and going through all of these plagues because of, of uh, their, uh, uh, their pagan worship and their heathen worship and their rejection of the, of the true and the living God. But the people of God were in a position where they could be blessed of the Lord and uh, could receive help from the Lord and protection from the Lord. Amen. So it's time for us to come to that place that we say, I'm not going to accept this anymore. 
I'm not going to, I'm just not going to accept it anymore. I'm not going to believe that the enemy can pound on me and beat on my family and my household or our church or the work of God. I'm not going to believe that he can do that anymore. I'm going to lay hold of God and seek the Lord with my whole heart and pray this thing through until we see God move. Amen. In every situation. So that's what's on my heart today. Amen. Don't accept it. Amen. This year, 2023, do not accept it anymore, but determine in your heart that you're going to pray it through and you're going to seek God until you see the answer come. And whatever, whatever is you're dealing with, whatever that it is in your life, it might be personal, it might be private, maybe no one else knows about the, the trial or the problem or the, the heavy burden that you're dealing with, but today's the day to just say, no more. No more. No more. I'm going to lay hold of the promise of God. I'm going to believe God's word. I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy anymore. I'm not going to allow him uh, to do what he's doing anymore. It's time to hold on to the promises of God. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. We've had a wonderful week in revival this week. And and I know a lot has been accomplished, and I'm grateful for all that the Lord has done and how he has spoken to us this week. But this is another day. This is another Lord's Day. And uh, we've got a year before us, 51 weeks before us in this year, should Jesus tarry. And I believe that God wants to provide his power, his blessing, his provision for us in every area of need that we have. Amen. Don't accept the lies of the enemy. Put your confidence in God today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And those of you in this service today that you, you recognize the enemy, his persistent attack against you personally, in your own life, in your own health, maybe in your finances, just this constant attack, wearing you down. I would encourage you today to believe the report of the Lord. Don't fear the enemy. Put your confidence and your faith in the promises of God. Amen. Some of you are dealing with things in your home, your family, your marriage. God knows all about that. No more. No more. I'm going to get a hold of God. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to believe that God can work in this situation. Amen. Whatever that it is, let's believe God. I want to invite you to come to this altar if you want to stand or kneel. But just as a statement of your faith and your determination today to get a hold of God and to believe God for real answers, for real victory in your circumstance, in your need. Whatever it is, bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the altar. Call upon the Lord today and let the Lord minister to you in your sickness, in your trouble, in your fear, whatever that you are dealing with, issues in your household, in your family, in your home, in your marriage. Give it to the Lord today. Get a hold of God today and make a commitment. I'm going to hold on to the Lord 
I'm not going to allow the enemy to defeat or destroy. In the name of Jesus, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you find a place to pray? Everybody in this building.